breaking marriages than to teach you. I will leave all my teachings about marriage to the seminar that we are going to do in, uh, where is this, darling? Kingsway. Swindon. <laughs> that is the marriage woman. We are, going to, we are going to leave everything to Swindon where we will be able to open up and go to gear 20 about marriage. Really, I have opened that marriage uh, retreat to anybody who is intending to be married. If you are matured enough to be married, you can come to that seminar. You can book. If there is space, they just fill it with everybody. Because the Bible says Jesus told the parable of somebody who called a dinner. And he called his friends. And when it's time for dinner, somebody was having uh, a reason for all these like a dietical lousy reasons. And uh, Jesus said, go to the streets and bring the beggars. May beggars not replace you. I didn't hear your amen. amen. Alright, so from tonight, anybody who comes to your desk, book them. What you may just do is that two men, two women, you can share a room together. They give two singles and you'll be able to be there. If you are matured enough for marriage... Someone I can take your hand and give you to a husband or I take your hand and give you to a wife. Come over. Hallelujah. It's going to be very, very serious time. Because we'll go deep. We have about, about 72 hours you know, together. But today, you know, I want to give you a little tips about marriage. Whenever you talk about marriage, the first thing that comes to mind is marriage is a responsibility. You may write that down if you want. Marriage is a responsibility. The second thing about marriage that I think could be very much attached to that is that from where is this responsibility? It is a responsibility that comes from God himself. It is not a responsibility that man just adopted it is a responsibility instituted by God and initiated by God. And if it is initiated by God, therefore, it means that it is to be respected by all men. I will ask from your notes what you are written. Marriage is a responsibility. So marriage is a responsibility. The responsibility it is it was initiated by God and not by man. And this is the reason why every Christian I'm talking to Christians now, but anybody who's a human being, you know, should learn from this. That's the reason why you cannot succeed in marriage without going to the one who gives responsibility to you. You will always fail if you do it in your own strength or power because it's a responsibility you do not know about. You know, to different people, marriage is various things. But I'm telling you the fundamental basis of marriage. If you are much interested in what is the Validity of what I'm saying. Well, in the book of first, in the book of Genesis, chapter two, verse eighteen, it says, "And God said, it is not good for man to be alone." All right. So it was God who discovered that loneliness for a man is not good. It's not man who discovered it. All right. Then, because man has been living okay at that time to his own best, to the best of his understanding, and then of course. Um, he was living with animals and the rest of the plants and stuff. And he wasn't, wasn't worried. 
But let me say something to you. This is a typical of everyone who is a bachelor or a spinster. You grow as a young girl with your parents. You feel very comfortable. You don't feel anything than just being comfortable there. Same thing with the boys. You feel very comfortable, especially when you're getting to your teenage, into your early 20s. You just want to do things by yourself and you, you love that liberty, isn't it? You enjoy that freedom. Until sometime, you begin to have a feeling that you are getting attracted to an opposite sex. And that is righteous. But if you are attracted to the same sex, you are possessed. That is what the Bible says, and that is the truth. Anybody who feels like that only needs to come for prayer. If I lay hands on him, he will manifest demons. As long as he will allow that to be done unedited. So we recognize, therefore, that it is God who instituted it. But if we look at, therefore, also in that chapter, chapter, one, verse eight, chapter 2, verse 18 of Genesis, it says, God said that it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable. So from that very word, when God said it is not good for man to be alone, we understand that there is a loneliness in every single man, either man or woman, which has to be filled with an opposite sex. Now with the same sex. Because God made for the man, masculine man, a woman. He did not make a man for the man. Neither did he create a man and a woman and made a woman for the woman. He created a man and he then made a woman for the man. But God said, that woman is filling a, a position of what God defines as suitable helper. Now, this is a compound word which we'll have to explore the whole Bible to unravel, you know, implications of that very word, suitable helper. It did not say a helper because you may have many helpers, but it's talking about among many helpers, the one that is just suitable. In another words, I would say the best fitting helper. And I use that word, you know, with a, with a, a memory of um, a, a survey jargon. You know, in a, very, very many years ago, scientists believed that the world was flat. All right? So we calculated our position on earth into, you know, with reference to a flat object. But after some time, they discovered that, you know, when you look at the horizon, it seems grazing to the curvature. So they felt that, well, the world was cylindrical. So we started then trying to calculate from a flat object to a cylindrical object. That was the limit of understanding then. I'm talking about the best fitting, the word best fitting, for you to understand it. Then our science increased and we discovered that really we are, we are in a sphere. We use cylindrical, rather. We thought we were cylinder. And then from cylinder, we went to sphere. And when we go to sphere, we recognize that it is like a circle flattened at the two poles. Now, when you have a circle and you flatten it at the two poles, you have bulge edges on the horizontal. Now, the problem comes in mathematics, how to compute for the flattening of the poles of the circle so that we are now, not, we are now turning towards what they call ellipsoid. Now, we discover that the ellipsoid itself, as a mathematical object, does not best fit the, um, the reference for, you know, calculating our locations on Earth. So, we came with what is called best-fitting ellipsoid. Best-fitting ellipsoid is an ellipsoid that, have been, that they have applied all the calculations of the reduction of flattening and stuff, and you wouldn't get something better than that. It is on best fitting that is so you are having your Google today. Google map in your, in your telephone. You press on your address. It gives you the map and stuff. All those things are working because we came about what is called the best fitting ellipsoid. Which was the most representative or representation object to, to help us locate where we are on earth. Now, understanding of that is to say to you that a man will shipwreck 
if you marry a woman that looks like the flat surface computing the world, or a cylindrical object, or a circle, or a sphere, you will always crash as you get a wrong representation for your marital life. This is the reason why for anyone to succeed in marriage, unless the one who established and created it directs you or chooses for you. So what it means therefore is that two good Christians may not be compatible in marriage because they are not the best fitting for one another. You may be a very good man, doesn't mean that you can marry that woman because she's a good woman. Because the one who created your nature is the one who knows the best one for you. Now, let me go a little bit further on this. Because some people begin to wonder, but how can I know the one God has prepared for me? By several ways. If you are a very prayerful person, an obedient Christian, you can know by your heart. Because God speaks to you regularly through your heart. And you have had that, you know, all over your life. If a person is a committed believer who prays regularly, seeks God regularly, you will have been used to a pattern by which God communicates to your heart. And when that communication comes over any issue of your life, you know that that is the right, that is God speaking to me. This is not my thoughts. But those who have developed themselves like that is the least way you can know who you will marry. But if you have gone beyond that in the area of your relationship with God, you can operate by the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is operating like you will have a knowledge. It will seem as if you already seen that before it happened. It is very close to open vision. Next week, I'm going to talk to you deeply about all these operations. Monday, we are talking about the ministry of angels. Tuesday, we are talking about, you know, this area of um, hearing, discerning, methods by which God communicates, and how you can develop each one of these spheres. So you can operate by word of knowledge, and you can know by knowledge of the Spirit. But you can also go by vision or by dreams, which is vision of the night. And you can also go by revelation. We'll talk more about that next week. Don't miss any date next week. We'll be looking at that throughout the period. Having said that, people do get to know the person they will marry by prophetic. But let me say something to you. How do you know the person by any method you have gotten your revelation? How do you really know that this is the right person and it is God speaking to me, not my mind, not uh, influence and stuff like that? The Bible tells you in the book of Genesis, let's look at that chapter 2, chapter 2, let's go to verse 19. It says, Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them and whatever the, the man called each living creature. That was his name. The next verse says, So the man gave names to all living, all the livestock and all the birds of the air and all the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. Now the next verse. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. The next one. Then the Lord God made the woman from the rib he had taken out of the man. And he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bone. And flesh of my flesh. Why? Because God told him, I, I, I took this one from your bone. And I'm sure God left this car on his body. So that he probably woke, woke up and asked God, what is this for? And God said, yeah, I just took a rib out of your rib to make this one that is standing here. Alright? This is the reason why he said, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Now, can I say something to you? Everything I can teach you, any man can teach under heaven about marriage, is engrossed in these statements. You will never teach anything about marriage, even those who are not Christians, 
who are, you know, academicians. Anything they can teach ever in marriage is within this. It is the bone out of the bone and the flesh out of the flesh. And they are inseparable. One plus one is one. Under God's mathematics of marriage. It is not binary system. It is God's mathematical system. And if you look at here, how, how, how could you know the person that God has ordained for you? There will be a total satisfaction that this is just your heart. There will be a complete conviction. There will be, you will not have one little but or one little unsatisfaction when you meet the true person God has given you. A good number of us have married people out of compassion. But if you do that, you must be ready to carry the burden of um, mischief throughout your marriage. Or if you are lucky, at least for the first 10 years of your marriage before you can now start to make it have work. You must not marry somebody because you were introduced to them. Though people could introduce the person you will marry. You must not marry somebody because your parents want you to marry the person or your sister or your auntie or your friend or anybody. You must marry somebody because you have a deep satisfaction inside you having met the person that this, there is something about this person that I know in my heart that this is one I want. And that happens, it should be the same for man and woman. If you have a reservation that you cannot place your finger on, a suspicion deep inside you that you can't just place, everything is okay, but then don't go ahead in such marriage. Because this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh is a word of complete satisfaction and conviction. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. Let me say this to those of you who are men who are not married. We have situations that some women will target some men, young women will target some men and they will put pressure, put pressure, put pressure, put pressure on every wind, stuff like that. If you are a young man and a woman is putting pressure on you, even if you feel attracted to that woman, stop it and put a wall between both of you. It is very, very suspicious. Put a wall between both of you. Let the woman go away. Don't, because somebody is dancing around you, seduce you, and then you get, you fall into such trap. It may be a snare that you will never be able to get out from. When it comes to a man choosing a, a woman, you must choose the one you want, not the one that forced himself on you. Let me tell you one thing, a hint. When we get to the marriage seminar, we'll talk more about that. If a woman pushes herself, throws herself on a man, such women, when you marry them, they become very domineering. Very, very terribly domineering. Because they married you by domineering over you or dominating you or you know, putting pressure on you. And when you get married, you'll be shocked because when you get married, then the whole of the venom of dominion will come up and you will never have peace in that marriage. If you will, maybe before you go to your grave, when both of you are rugged and there's nothing to dominate anymore. Or do... <laughs> Amen. Because by their fruits... Can you go and get me my other part, please? So what we are talking about is marriage is responsibility. The responsibility was imposed upon man by God. And man cannot understand it without through the God who imposed it. Neither can man meet up to the responsibility unless he submits to God completely. And in talking about that, I've said to you that when you are looking for a wife or you are looking for a husband, the same thing happens to a girl. If you are a woman and a boy came to you who wants to sleep with you, just shut your door completely. Don't reconsider him for a second chance. Because such men are men who just want to sleep with you and dump you. And if they sleep with you and leave you, if you curse them, that doesn't mean that your curse will happen. Because the curse will be asking you, why did you also sleep with him? A person who is uh, guilty cannot hold another man guilty. Because you are both guilty. 
A Christian woman must keep herself. And because, I will say this to you, also if you are, an, you are, if you are getting old, like people say it, you are, you are, some people believe that when you are in your early 20s, you should marry, and when you are in your 18, you should marry. I'm so sorry for you. If you marry too young, you will have real problem. You will have to depend on other people to run your family. If you marry like 18, 20 and stuff, you are still a girl or a boy. You will have a big problem. But when you get into your mid-20s, you are maturing. You can be married. But don't, don't allow anyone to put pressure on you that, oh, you are now 25, you are now 26, you are now 27, you are now 30, 34, 35. You don't have to marry at 23 or 24 or 25. You don't have to. There are people rushing to it. Go and ask them. Every night they wish they did not even attempt it. If God provided the person that you should marry, as long as you have finished your education, you have got a job, talk about marriage. Yes, if you have found the person you marry. But if you haven't got a job yet, you haven't qualified in life yet, and you are talking about marriage, well, I think um, you, you will have to recognize that wedding gown is not bought by 18 pounds. Neither, really in England, I was shocked when I was told that the halls they rent for marriage is 15,000. 15,000, okay. You know, <laughs> I can't understand that. In my time, well, it was expensive, but 15,000 to rent a hall? So if you say you want to marry therefore, you must have gotten everything that can, that should service marriage, which is job, something that produces income, regular income for you. So don't, don't be in a haste about marriage. If you do not find a person you want to marry on time, spend that time acquiring more for your, for your future. That is making yourself more grounded in the pursuit of height in life. That is, God wanted to do something strange with you. Instead of sitting down and allowing the devil to lie to you and some other people who are, who are not really very matured, putting pressure on you. If a parent is telling the child that, you know, all your mates are marrying, you know, what are you doing? Tell that your father, your mother, give me one and I will marry him, if it's okay. <laughs> because marriage is not what a person rush into. No parents have the divine right to worry their children that, you know, you are getting late. You cannot say that you'll be committing a grievous sin before the Lord. If you're a parent and you put such pressure on your children... Because if you pressure them into hell, you will not go to your grave happy. I will together now. So do not worry at all. A Christian woman should not be worried. If you serve God truly, God will bring you the person you marry who will be the perfect match for you. And of course, so sometimes the older a man is, the wiser you become and the better stability your marriage is because you have grown a bit wiser. But if you, of course, meet the person you marry as your mid-twenties or you want to marry at that time, once you are qualified and you are working, you have something to nurse children and to give them a better life and you have met the person you will marry, then go ahead. But don't be forced into marriage. Don't be enticed into marriage. Don't be lobbied into marriage. And don't be ignorant into marriage. Because you put your head there, you must die there. All right? I can't hear anybody talking. I have five more minutes to talk to you tonight. <laughs> that is the reason why Jesus said, look at the book of Matthew 19. Verse 1 says, When Jesus had finished saying these things, he, he left Galilee and went into the region of Judea to the other side of the Jordan, Large crowd followed him and he healed them. He healed them there. Some Pharisees came to him to test him. They asked, they asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Underline this scripture. For any and every reason. You know, when I read the scriptures now, really when I was looking at marriage, My understanding of marriage now is a little bit different because it's embellished my thorough knowledge of family law. 
when I was doing family law, I was just laughing. Because everything that they are trying to protect, the Bible talks about it. But it has helped me to understand more about the teachings of the scripture about marriage. The Bible says, Jesus said, the, the people said, <laughs> Is it lawful to, for a man to divorce his wife for any? And what? Those guys must be law students who said that. Because any reason may be interpreted different from every reason. But when you have any reason together with every reason, then it's an absolute no reason. Are you together with me now? One of the things I was taught in jurisprudence is the use of words. And to be very careful when a word is applied in a context and what that word could mean in another context of application. Those people are highly educated who are talking to Jesus. They are not dons. They didn't want Jesus to have any psychological way or philosophical way out of their question. That's why they asked him, is it lawful to divorce for any or every reason? But you know what Jesus said? I love it. Haven't you read? <laughs> oh, my, my, my. I want all of you to be like Jesus. Use the word all the time. Hallelujah, somebody. A lawyer who cannot code the status is a useless lawyer. Or a lawyer who cannot remember how it happened in the olden days and decisions that were made, he is a forgotten lawyer. He will die with his shirt torn all the time because he washes the same shirt every day and wears it. All the neck of his shirt will be torn to pieces. Anytime the devil spoke to Jesus, quoting the scripture, Jesus overcame him with the scriptures. They didn't understand he is the law. Jesus is the law. He is the word. <laughs> so they are asking him himself. They are using him to ask him. How could they win him? I pity those people. I wish I was there. I begin to shout, Jesus the law. <laughs> and I will be laughing to see how he will mess them up. He did mess them up. Haven't you read, he said. He replied that at the beginning, the creator did what? Made them, not Peter and Steve. Hallelujah, somebody. He didn't make a maphrodite. Mm-hmm. Neither did he create transgender. He made them male and female. Just that thing alone, I don't need wire. Just my part. It is sad, bring this on me. For this reason, a man will leave his father. No, go back. And mother, I want us to look at this. And be what? United to who? His wife. And the two will become what? One flesh. I love it. So, when you give back to children and you nurture them and you educate them, you spend money on them, you help them, you love them so much, you sleep with them, you wake with them, remember that you are breeding them from somebody else. Because that's how you two went to get somebody else's child. So when is your turn? You can't say he cannot go. He cannot go. He has to go. Ali must go. <laughs> Hallelujah. I can understand if a parent loved the child, why the parent will not be happy for the child to go and marry somebody. I can understand it. Know this. And you, who have left your parent, when you saw the person you marry, Mommy, see you. Mommy, see you. And they are looking for you to come and watch business. You are gone. Let me say something to you. Your child will do it for you also. Say Amen. <laughs> the same thing your child will do to you. So when it's your turn or your child is doing it, you don't have to be angry. You only have to you only have to manage the crisis because it's it's a, it's a judicious crisis. It's a good crisis. It, it is it is it is a literal crisis. <laughs> Something that you sow and you are reaping. Hallelujah, somebody. I love Jesus. He said, the the, 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 
the man will leave his father. And the man will leave his mother. And be united to his wife. And then he says, and the two shall become one flesh. And that is talking about consummation of marriage. Okay? But you know something that is too dangerous that he said? More dangerous than all these things. Look at the next one. He's now answering the question, should a man divorce for any and every reason? That's what he answered last, isn't it? Is it not a right? Is Jesus not a very intelligent lawyer? He is. Look at what he concluded. <laughs> Shall we read it together? Give me the King James Version for the fundamentalists. Shall we, <laughs> Shall we read this together, King James? Twine. <laughs> but. <laughs> uh-huh. You know when you say you are not twine, it means you are not entangled together. You are the only one. If, if you are twine, then you cannot lose the twine. You know. Uh, you got to lose this. Look at my hand. This is my finger. Separate it. Then that hand is useless. Because you can't separate it. If you cut it into half, then it dies. If you cut it half off, it's dead. It is useless. It cannot do what it should be doing. If you cut it half-half, like Solomon's judgment, let us cut the child into half. Then who holds half-child and the other one holds half-child? That's the most dangerous thing. That answers the question, can a man divorce for any and every reason? What about if a man hears that his wife or a woman heard that the husband has AIDS? Should he divorce? No. No. Excuse me. I was going to lead, to pray, lead you to pray a prayer when you were praying. Against ministers who have destroyed marriages by accusing women wives as witches and we will pray against them today so if your wife is a witch can you divorce answer me so can you divorce your wife because she's a witch i can't hear choir speaking are you not the one who sing No. You know what? Those people who ask questions, I told you they are intellectuals. They didn't, give, they didn't ask a question that could be subject to uh, various interpretations or argument or philosophy by any human being from the time of creation to the end of creation. Because they covered every philosophical thought that can ever come into any human. They said, let's read it again. We go to verse, that verse 6. Go back to that verse 4. No, verse um, 2. Let's go to 2. It says, Lightcraft wrote him, the next one. Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Give me the King James Version 2. It says, the Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him. And saying unto him, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Alright? But if you look at the understanding in simple English, it's every and any reason. So if Jesus, go back to my NIV. If Jesus says, if those people ask Jesus, that is it lawful to uh, uh, divorce somebody for any and for every reason, okay? That is any, any reason that could be at all. Or any cause at all that could be existing. And Jesus answered them in the verse 6. And said. Therefore what God has joined together. Let no man separate or put asunder. Alright. Therefore it means that. Anything, when you marry a woman, anything that becomes of her, that is you. What she is, is you. Because you are one. One. You are your husband and you are your wife. Okay? 
So woe to those ministers who have contravened the word of God and telling a man that their wife are witches and by so separating marriages, they will never enter heaven. Impossible. This is the real word of Jesus Christ. It is imp- Forget about heaven. If they are hearing me on television, they better go and resign. Unless if they go back to those marriages they have destroyed and brought them back together. Because Jesus says, the people say, can we divorce for any and every reason? And Jesus says that you cannot divorce for any cause at all. Any cause. There is no justification for divorcing. Let me say something to you. Because you don't have justification for divorce, you have no reason at all. Whatever the person you marry is or become, you die with it. Is, is divorce acceptable in the church? No. That's why no church under heaven conducts divorce. If anybody conducts divorce, it's not, a, it's not a church anymore. Are you with me now? Now let me help you know something. That's the reason why those of you who have not married yet must be very careful. Careful so much. Don't be pushed into it. Don't marry for compassion. Don't marry for sensation of feeling. Open your eyes wide. If you are a woman, well educated, what are you doing with a man who is not educated? Envy will destroy that marriage. You understand? If you are a woman and you are a class, okay, why are you marrying a man who is dirty with stinking boots? You think you manage him? A man who does not shave unclean, unkept? How can you even be attracted to such a man? You will be frustrated in life. If you are a gold getter as a woman, and the Bible says you are a helper to a man, and you marry a lazy man, you have nothing to help. The part of you that God created to help will always want to push. They will soon tell you that you are bossing them at home. And he will soon try to leave him alone and stop worrying him. He will say, this is how you marry me. A man without a vision, he should marry a woman who sleeps all around. So that sleep plus sleep, time sleep, will be equal to poverty. Hallelujah. The Bible says so. And the same thing with you, man. If you are a man, and um, if you are a man, and you are very hardworking, why do you marry a lazy woman? A woman who has no vision. Look, let me say this to you. Woe to the man who says to her husband, his wife, you are a housewife. You marry a young woman, you call her a housewife. Let me say this to you. Every man, I, I will treat maybe tomorrow, the individuality of the, of the uniformity. Okay? And I will show you in the scriptures. Every man, masculine, has same rights to life like the woman feminine. So what a man can do, a woman should do. A man wakes up in the morning, he goes to work. A woman should wake up and go to work. Husband and wife give birth to children. Woman bedsit or babysit rather. The man babysit too. Really, the man should be the one taking care of the baby in the night more than the woman because the woman has been exhausted throughout the day. You kill your wife, you, you, give, you give your wife high blood pressure. When I was with my wife and I, was, I had my own children, many times my wife would be sleeping and taking care of the children. That is the position. You take care of the children. Because a time will come that your wife will get almost depressed. It happened with my own family. If you are a husband, you must know this. Your helper means you are doing something. And the woman is helping. So it means that if the woman is doing something, you are also doing what? Helping. Now let me say this to you. Those of you who are yet to marry, who have not, you know, going to mar- gone into marriage, you are the one that this applies to most. If you are in a courtship with a person and the person have I don't care attitude, 
Don't you expect that after you get married, we care? Are you with me now? Or a man who is stingy, miserly. Don't you think that when you get married, he will be hilarious? The same thing with a woman that is miserly and stingy. A woman is always collecting, collecting in courtship. Don't you expect that when you get married, she will support in anything? You need to understand this. So if you are not stingy, and the person you intend to marry is stingy, what do you do? Break the relationship forever. Don't even step it. Don't even come to the, to the altar. Because if you do, you regret it. And you cannot divorce. You can't divorce. Can you imagine yourself? Why do you have courtship? What is the reason for courtship? Why don't you meet a person you marry today and marry that person today? Why? The reason is because you need to know the person. If your feeling said yes, but the attitude is contrary, courtship time is the time to decide whether to go ahead or to put a stop. Now let me say this to you. You, you ladies, if a man comes to you and says, God spoke to me about you, it doesn't mean you should run your head into it. Because if God will speak to me about you, he will speak to you too about me. If he didn't speak to you about me, then he hasn't spoken. Don't even let your love burn towards a man because he came to tell you that God told him. Because many people say God said when God did not say. If God really said, he be do Let me say something to you. I always give this uh, story in, in my marriage seminar when I talk in line with this. Many years ago, about 20, 20, 26 or 7, 27 years ago, I think it's 27, 26, 27 years ago, I was a pastor of my members. Pastor Sidney was my member. Pastor Adisa was my member. Pastor Debbie was my member. The wife of Adisa was my member. A few others. Let me say this. In the church, God tells me sometime who is the wife to be of somebody. But I won't tell them. I won't tell them. I won't tell them until they hear and they come to me. Because if I told them, what about if I didn't get it right? I must not influence them. And I've thought of you, never must any one of you marry by prophecy of another man. Oh, some people have seen vision. Let them marry the best thing. If they all saw vision, they are the ones who saw vision. They are the ones who go ahead and marry. As someone saw vision that I saw you, you married this person. Tell the person, let he that has vision keep his vision, says Jeremiah 23. Alright? I never told them. Until one day, a young man came to me. I had a vision about Pastor Sidney and Pastor Debbie. They were members then. A young man came to me. And told me that he had a dream. And in his dream, he was wedding Pastor Debbie. Then Sister Debbie. Yes, that young man came to the church within three months. Everybody wanted to be like him. He was very charismatic. He was all over the whole place. His prayer was loudest. His amen was loudest. He spoke in tongues more than anybody. <laughs> I will get it now. So, I am saying, God, I want people like this. Bring more of this kind of guy. He is in every meeting. He carries the, uh, the uh, if it's uh, if it's uh, uh, altar, he does. If it is uh, uh, to clean, anything he does. Over uh, uh, night vigil, he's always there. See, lost for God. You want that kind of a person to marry your daughter, isn't it? When she came, when he came, and he told me that, I looked at him. I said, "Is that so?" But God had told me already that Pastor Sidney will marry Pastor Debbie. Then Brother Sidney, Sister Debbie. And I haven't told them. This man has started going to Pastor Debbie's family house or so. Visiting them. Like brother. Not like, you know, a member of the church visits a member of the church. And that's it. But he was intim intimating himself with her. 
Then I said to, her, to the man, <laughs> that's interesting, but I was praying. And God told me to ask him, that, what about the one in Ketu? Yes. And I said, bro, what about the sister in Ketu? Oh, he said, when I was living in Nigeria, I've left her. You know, I, I told her I would not marry her anymore. <laughs> and then as I was listening, I heard again, what about the one in Ibadan? I said, bro, what about the one in Ibadan? He said, my mother had told me not to marry her. So, I said, okay, I've had you. He got up and he left. You know the, the, the vision he saw? Twice he saw himself. First of all, he saw himself offering Pastor Debbie, you know, asking, will you marry me and stuff. Then he now had a vision, he said. He saw himself and Ha! In wedding gown and suit, and they were walking the aisle of the church. There are three spirits that speak to man. The man's spirit, the spirit of Satan, and the spirit of God. If someone says, God said, if you, are not, if you don't have discerning spirit or prophetic knowledge, you may be easily taken aback. So what I did was I just called Pastor Sidney to come and see me. I called Pastor David to come and see me. They both came. You know, normally my house, everybody comes to my house. We're a small family in church then, you know. And we visit one another, but my house is a joint. So when I invited them, they thought I was just invited them for normal, you know. We have time together, share together and stuff. And they both came. And one sat on my right and one sat on my left on my table. Because as I teach you today, we taught them in those days. You won't see a young man coming to hug a young girl or a young girl going to kiss a young man. Um, arms length. All right? And I took their hands together and I said, look, this is your wife. This is your husband. And I excused them. This is how their courtship started. But let me say this to you. God had told Pastor Sidney for a long time. But you know, women, many times when God tells you your wife, you are afraid to go and talk, isn't it? Answer me now. Huh? Did it not happen to you too? You wanted to talk to the woman today. You have prepared yourself that you are going to say it. And then... You walked all manners of work. You got there. And, oh, how are you? Yeah, yes. Uh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, all right, you know. And then she left. Oh, my God. I want to see it now. And you go back and rehearse. And you pray fervently. I need boldness. And you come again. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> And again, when you get there, they say, oh, oh, they are eating. Come over and eat. And you start eating. And after you eat, you go home. <laughs> That's what you came to do. And God has spoken to Pastor Debbie from her kid, the tribe she will marry from. She's Yoruba. He is Igbo. And her mother said, when they were raising all the children, she will always say to the mother, when I grow up, I will marry an able man. And her mother said to them, all girls, all the girls together, that among all of you, she is the only one that we allow to marry an able person. Because she has been saying this since when she was young. You know why I told you this story? You need to really hear God. And you must not marry because of feelings. You must not marry because it's, I'm talking to those of you who are not yet married. You must not marry because of compassion. You must not marry because of pressure. You must not marry because somebody looks slick. I would mean now, the girl walks <laughs> warmly. Oh, she has a good stepping. The one God will give you may not have the steppings. It's better not to have the steppings but have peace than to have the steppings and have 
Steppings have a place that it is valueless. I would together now. So Jesus said, therefore, what God has done together, let nothing. Nothing separates. My five minutes is over. Let's stand up, please. We're going to pray. <laughs> We're going to pray for marriages. That every onslaught of hell. You know, we prayed the other time before we came into this. Every onslaught of hell are programmed to separate marriage that the Lord will destroy it. We will pray too for God's people on earth. That God will deliver them from the hands of these prophets. Who always come to the husband and tell the, wife, the husband the wives are witches. When Jesus says... What God has done together, let nothing separate. Witchcraft is part of it. If a person is a born again, and he, he sent his wife out because he said he's a witch, is he not a hypocrite? And he's praying that God should bring converts. From what will God convert them if not from witchcraft? Is a witch worse than a prostitute? Listen to me then for... We are going to pray that, Lord, every marriage that is going through the rocks, that the Lord will intervene and bring them back. Shall we lift up our voice and begin to pray? Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, what God has joined together, let nothing put asunder. Father, we pray thee, every marriage, whatever the enemy is using against marriages, we come against them in the name of Jesus. We come against them in the name of Jesus. We come against them in the name of Jesus. Let us pray for the young marriages that God will grant them wisdom. God will grant them insights. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. Every hindrance in marriages that Lord will take it away. Let us pray that everything that is required to make a marriage happy, that God should lend down upon every marriage. Every lack, that God will take it out. That God will bring provision for every married person. Those who are waiting for the fruit of the womb, that God will bless them. The Lord will open their womb. Lord, in the name of Jesus, those who are seeking for job, God will open the doors for them. Let us pray for those who are waiting for their own life partner, that the Holy Ghost will direct their steps. That the awaiting time shall be a time of grooming. It will be a time of preparation. That they will increase in the knowledge of God. They will, their heart be protected from deception of hell. That God will grant them discernment. Lord, we pray. Lord, we pray thee, we pray thee, we pray thee, we pray thee. Stretch out your hands and help them all. Those who have set their days of wedding, that God will bless them and provide for them. That the Lord will increase them in understanding of one another. Lord, 
Let us pray that the traps of Satan be destroyed before everyone. We will not fall into the snare of the fowler. Barale boshika There are some marriages that are victims. The man married a wrong woman. The woman married a wrong man. Let us ask that the Lord will intervene. And break down every wall of the devil. The Lord will destroy the influence, satanic influence in such marriages. For with God all things are possible. Father, we pray thee. We bless you, O God. We bless you, O God. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. You know, before we stop today, I want us to pray one more prayer. The Bible says two are better than one. I think one of the things I will speak about is unfaithfulness in marriage. The Bible says two are better than one. And when I talk about unfaithfulness, I'm not just talking about sexual stuff. Because the contract in marriage, is, it, it extends beyond that. It says because they have good return to their work. This is the scripture that tells me that a woman must work. Because the Bible says the combination of the man and the woman will bring better return. Unless if a man is so rich that he has employed the wife. You know one of the things about going to work is this. It is not the money you earn, but education that it brings. When you leave home in the morning and go to an environment of colleagues, it builds your mental. Alright? It builds, it builds your acumen. The easiest way to frustrate a man is to hinder that person from going out. It's, it's, it's like putting them in prison. Okay? If a woman is going to shopping every day, is a housewife. Housewife is not from God. Because in the olden days, the women work in the farm. With their husband, they go together, work in the farm and come back. Because it paralyzes what a person, the whole being of a man is. You know, when you go out and they work every day and you have colleagues you are working with, you talk, you share, you learn, you interact. All those practical things have to do with the mental of a man. And which affects your vibrance and your love life too. Are we together now? But I know a good number of men who did that were because they were suspecting their wife was going to be committing adultery. Because they felt their wife is so beautiful. And if, he's, if, he's, um, if, if she's left unguided. <laughs> she can become a street dog. But let me say this to you. It's a lie. <laughs> you know what makes people think like that? Demons. <laughs> a woman who loves you <laughs> and who says yes to you among other people. To be suspe- you know suspicion? When a man is suspecting the wife or a woman is suspecting the husband, it's demonic. Oh yeah, it's demonic. You can't be suspecting the person you love. Anytime that comes to your mind, rebuke it. <laughs> Are we together? Oh, because uh, this behavior is like, no, no, it's not like anything. For you to accuse a man of a sin, the Bible says you catch him in a sin. It didn't say you suspect him. Suspicion comes from the devil. The Bible says perfect love. Cast out fear. So suspicion is from fear. It's from the devil. We're going to put a father. Two are better than one. They bring good return. If one falls down, his friend will help him up. Pity a man who falls and there is no one to help him. So he's talking about bonding. He's talking about unity. And also if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? It is a wrong thing for a man to have father's room and then you have mother's room. It is, Jesus said, what God has done together, let no room put asunder. I will together now. If you are a man and a woman, a husband and wife are in the same room, 
in the same shelter. They must sleep together on the same bed. They must sleep together on the same bed. To, to sleep separately for one for any reason, it is contrary to God. It says, no one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. So we're going to pray. Father, bring unity of, between husband and wife. Strengthen both husband and wife. Let their accord be strong. Turn their strength together into wealth. Because it says, who are better than what they produce, they, they will have good return to their work. The labor of the husband and the labor of the wife will ask that Lord will bring it together to advance the family. There will be bonding in the family. There will not be division in the family. Husband and wife will have the same heart, the same mind, the same thought, and they will drive the same direction. So we just pray in the name of Jesus. Two are better than one because they bring good returns to their work. If one falls down, his strength can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him. Also, if, one, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one warm up himself? Let there be a bonding in every home. Let us pray for homes that are divided, that have been torn apart by culture, by ignorance, that the Lord will bring them together in understanding. Father, we pray and lift up our marriages to you today. May mercy from heaven be poured over every marriage. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. Father, that which we have declared tonight upon marriages, we thank you because as we have asked in the name of Jesus, it is so. Every fire and flame that the devil had lit in every marriage, and marriages that are in big conflagration today, we quench the fire in the name of Jesus. Let the spring of love begin to flow from the heart of every married couple. Father, in the name of Jesus, let the word of God take preeminence in the life of every couple. Let the glory of heaven surround every marriage that have been that are, uh, that are represented in this house. And people listening to us all over the globe. People who are going through tough times. That Satan is tearing off fire, family war, friends war, Lord, and disagreement and, and, and uh, disarray. We command peace be still in the name of Jesus. We pray for those who are youngly married. When a person is youngly married, they ought to enjoy peace and love at least for years before differences begin to come up, which they will have mastered how to conquer. Father, we pray that Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 9 be fulfilled in all these young marriages. Lord, we pray for those who are yet to marry, that you will guide their steps. Those who have not found a person they will marry, Father, grant them patience. Grant them discernment. And guide their steps to the persons that you have prepared for them. Haven't they labored in life to acquire knowledge, to become responsible? May they not fall a victim of an angry man. And may a man not fall a victim of a wicked woman. Father, we ask that you will guide their steps to the people that will propel their life forward. Our God and King, those who have set their dates of marriage, may you sustain them. Father, everything that they need to be, to, be, to be bonded together in unity, which they lack, Father, we speak upon their lives. That you will grow them in knowledge, you will grow them in understanding. Father, you will grant them the understanding of the journey of life. So that now in their courtship time, it will be dedicated to seeking your face, to praying, and to preparing for the days to come. So that their marriage will be that of a righteous people. So shall it be. Those who are sick, and the sickness is such that hinder the full covenant of marriage, like men who have low sperm count, I pronounce you healed. Men who have any issue, erectile problem, I pronounce you healed. Any sickness that a man can have, and it can limit their marital enjoyment, Father, I command healing upon them in the name of Jesus. I pray for the women. The joy of every woman is to carry their children in their hands. 
Father, the Bible says, Worship the Lord your God. It will cause his blessing to come upon your food and water. It says, None will miscarry in your land, and none shall be barren. I decree, miscarriage, you are banished forever. Every womb, every ovary, every oviduct, be fruitful in the name of Jesus. People who have lumps in their bodies, in their womb, or cysts, or anything that could hinder conception, I cause such things to vanish in the name of Jesus Christ. I invoke your name upon these people. For them who have come today, again I stand and I say, the Lord bless you. I say, Lord, I stand in the covenant of the old. When you said that Aaron, I separate with his children and descendants to place my blessing upon my people. Lord, and you said, when I see the blessing upon them, I'll be able to bless them. I invoke your name over all persons here. I decree in the name of Jesus that heaven shall open for you. I speak in the name of Jesus where you have been struggling, you begin to glide. I say, the hope, the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off. I declare that your hope shall be realized this day. When you shall see my face tomorrow, your mouth shall be filled with laughter. In the area of disappointment, you shall receive fulfillment. In the area of promises, you shall receive fulfillment. Those who owe you, the Lord will touch their heart, they will pay back to you. Those who have the key to your next level, in the name of Jesus, they will open the doors for you. May the favor of God be upon you. May the mercy of God go with you. That which you have been asking God for, for some time now, I declare by the break of tomorrow, it shall come to fulfillment. Provision shall come for you from heaven. Angels of God shall serve you. Demons of hell shall fall before you. Because you have committed yourself to come and pray for the rest of your brethren, I declare that any difficulty in your life, the Lord will minister unto it. For as time endures, seed time and harvest time will not cease. Because you have come to sow into the life of other people, so that their life may prosper. I declare concerning your own life too, may you flourish. I say in the name of the Lord, you shall flourish. I say in the name of the Lord, you shall be fruitful. So shall it be unto you. And so it is. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Do you know something? Those of you who are watching us on the television or on the, on the internet, can I just say something to you that if you have questions that you want us to attend to, send it to admin at cftchurches.org. And tomorrow I'll be dealing with questions. I think during this period we will we'll just, tomorrow and next tomorrow, we'll be, we'll be looking into various areas very briefly. And if you want to join the um, marriage retreat that we are going into from the 